Welcome to the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio, the podcast for talent acquisition aficionados, HR lovers, and recruitment professionals out there looking to get inspired and challenge traditional approaches to hiring. Here, we'll discuss the ins and outs of the recruitment process, engaging fresh talent, managing tough internal hiring dilemmas, and of course, the future of talent acquisition. I'm your host, Sim Samra from Recruitee. I'll be quizzing the experts, asking the burning questions, and of course, bringing you great guests each episode. By the end of every episode, we'll offer a few hypotheticals and of course, tips to take back to your team and workplace. Welcome to our podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Hash, the Head of Tech Recruiting and Sourcing for EMEA at Uber. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining me today. Thank you, Sam, for having me. So today, the topic that we'll be discussing is how recruiters can work on developing their skills and experience. You know, time crunched and overwhelmed, recruiters often neglect their own professional development. Um, So it would be super nice to uh, talk about what recruiters can do to work on their self-development a little bit more. But before we kick off, I wanted to just um, get you to introduce yourself and what you do at Uber. Fantastic. So again, thanks for having me. So Jennifer Hash uh, worked for Uber a little over two years, uh, recently moved from San Francisco, the Bay Area to Amsterdam to run tech recruiting in EMEA. So Uber has six tech hubs, if you will, across EMEA, uh, across Europe. And our headquarters is, our European headquarters is based in Amsterdam. The strategy behind this is Uber's continues to scale and grow, uh, but we also want to scale and grow more in APAC region, EMEA region, uh, LATAM. So we are starting to put more of our recruiting sourcing strategies and headcount in other regions. So super exciting time to be here and leading this team. So I just want to kick off with talking a little bit about what recruiters can do to ensure that they're always taking the necessary steps to become better at their job. Can you give us some insight into this? So what can recruiters do to be better at their job? I mean, there's so many things. So I'll take it down two paths. One is your experience. Mm -hmm. I had a good run at Intuit. So if anybody looks at my LinkedIn background, I was there for 10 years. It worked for me. Um, I had a lot of different roles within Intuit in 10 years. Uh, I was part of mergers and acquisitions. I was part of sourcing, university, global, India, uh, different accounts. I don't think that's the norm. So what I would encourage recruiters or sourcers to do is have a mixed background. I think it's essential to evolve with a company. I think it's good to stay a few years. I'm not worried about when I see backgrounds that potentially look like job hopping. That's not what I mean. I just Mm -hmm. mean it's good to kind of weather the storm. Uh, You grow when things go up and down with the company. What I think recruiters should do to be better is to mix their backgrounds. A lot of us came from agency, including myself, which is tremendous, great experience. But go to a big company, go to a startup, get out of your comfort zone, because the longer you stay with the company, if you're going past three, four years earlier in your career, again, it's fine. But if you step away from your comfort zone, whether it's in a company or outside of a company, really, that's where you see the most growth. Uh, So I definitely encourage people in this industry to step out of their comfort zone, whether that means leaving the the comfortable job you have or leaving the comfortable role you have to try something that's maybe not your favorite role within recruiting. So for an example, 
I don't like tech or I don't like sales. Well, try it. Again, a lot of growth comes from taking on opportunities that are out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I guess it would be interesting for a recruiter working at a um, startup, for instance, and they're slowly heading into a scale-up phase because that would open Uh them up to um, a a whole new way of recruiting uh, to sort of match the demand that they need for their workforce. I guess there's always an opportunity for recruiters who are where they're currently, um, the type of company they're currently in, there's always room for, for them to go in a different way with their careers especially if the company is hiring for growth in the future. Absolutely. That's a really good point, Sim. So if you're at a startup slash scale up mm-hmm. and you're in a recruiting role and your goal, you know, I, I, I don't want to stay within recruiting, go for it. There are windows in those startup scale up moments that will never be there again. Yes. What I mean by that is you don't necessarily have the experience, but you've got the ambition and you've got the drive and you've got the grit and the intelligence to learn fast. That is when I would say go for it. If recruiting is something you know you want to stay within and evolve, I'd say the next thing I would work on from a development standpoint is data. Two areas in data I'll focus on today. I'll say the 80-20 rule and I'll also say storytelling. So it's kind of table stakes that we have data now. There's really no sourcer or recruiting organization that doesn't have data. If anything, it's too much. <laughs> and then the when you get to bigger companies, the two problems can be, well, I don't have data on this and or the mapping isn't correct, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a skill to develop for recruiters and sourcers is get comfortable with the 80-20 rule, meaning 80% of the data is accurate and being able to move forward. What I see in a lot of recruiters and sourcers that are earlier in their career are still growing, they get really fixated on 100% accuracy we're not there yet as an industry. Mm-hmm. So getting comfortable with directional data, understanding where the gap is, but still being able to stand in front of your stakeholder, which could be a hiring manager, and being able with conviction to give directional data without focusing on, oh, I'm missing this 20% is a huge craft mm-hmm. that would really complement the recruiting industry. The story behind the data. So um, one thing I'm really working on the team with, it, with Uber is why did we pull this data? What does this data tell us? What story are we trying to tell? What point are you getting across with this slide? Physically, where do you want the stakeholder's eyes to go? So put a box around that number. That's the most important number on the slide. So if it's an eye chart, but it needs to be an eye chart, really understanding what piece of data is the most important and being able to tell the story behind that data. Interesting. That's some good advice for um, recruiters, just knowing that they should be able to sharpen their data skills in order to to sort of add to their skill set. I wanted to just um, touch upon what Uber does. If there's any self-development training you offer to your recruiters, and if so, what does the program look like and what areas of um, their skill set do you focus on? Yes. So Uber does a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uber has uh, people in places. We have a people development area and where we probably as an organization, it's a little bit more generic versus recruiter focused. Yeah. So it would be like our Uber learning center is one area where it's a platform where you can go in and, and sharpen, you know, some of your basic skills that anybody can sharpen in the company. Let's say PowerPoint. The other piece is manager essentials. There's a lot of lunch and learns and general invites to be trained on facilitation, 
to be trained on the art of giving feedback. So I'd say there's a lot of the how, mm-hmm. where the what comes in, what we do every day. We are launching a lot of platforms. So two things that we did at Uber was uh, career learning journeys. These core learning journeys actually give you a path that takes all the platforms at Uber. And it's like, it can be overwhelming, right? Well, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. We have learning journeys that actually map out for a source or, or map out for a recruiter. Here are the 10 learning modules you should take to increase your skill set as a sourcer. And then finally, what we've we've also launched social ne- uh, social talent, which is an external platform. And then we're continuously working on more curriculum for sourcers and recruiters. I just wanted to quickly touch upon um, the point of there's recruiters out there who are super keen on developing their skill set and continuing to learn more about the industry so that they can be the best resource for their candidates. Do you think it's their responsibility to ask for training or should organizations be ensuring that their recruiters are getting the necessary training or is it the responsibility of both to ensure that? So we're going through that right now. So I think it's both. So I do think the company should invest in development. Absolutely. But every company is at a unique phase with development. Mm -hmm. So where you might be in your career and what you aspire to be, there might not be platforms or modules or content ready for you. And that's okay. So that's where I really am pushing the team and my team currently is what are you going to do for your own self-development? So I call it Mm self-serve. And so what I did is I mapped out a bunch of areas that they can think about beyond the, the, the kind of tried and true content. So of course there's LinkedIn learning. That's captain obvious. There's events there's meetups, but shadowing is a really great way to learning. So the day in the life of, so if there is a role that you're excited about, find somebody who does that role and ask if you can spend 10% of their time, pitch something to your manager. Yeah, I think people get really scared of self-development or even managers can get scared like, oh gosh, this person wants to be developed on this. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. If that person said, you know, to me, Jen, I want to learn this. I have a plan. It's only going to take 10% of my week. That is fantastic. You can't say no to things like that. Finding a subject matter expert in the company is always great, especially if you're global. Finding a subject matter expert in another market is really, really good for your Mm self-development. And then also mentoring others is really good for your self-development. So sometimes we always think about how do we want to develop, but actually taking the time to develop others is also very rewarding and grows your skills and capabilities and then finally, I would say uh, a mentor. So finding somebody that is a leader in the organization doesn't have to be within recruiting. It can be. And if it is within recruiting organization, I would suggest somebody not on your team, somebody you can learn from who's not in the same maybe function or business area as yourself. Yeah. Aside from uh, the data mindset that you mentioned earlier, where else do you see some shortcomings that lie in recruitment and where you think recruiters could benefit from greater training? Where do the shortcomings? I would say there's not content. I think the industry is still struggling with progressive content. Mm -hmm. When you launch learning platforms, some of the feedback you can get is, I didn't get anything from that. So I know in some countries and some global areas, there are starting to be like certifications through universities. 
the HR programs are starting to add recruiting as a discipline mm-hmm. in um, certain areas in, in university. I would check to see if there's any universities that have these disciplines, either A, to participate in it, or B, could you be somebody who could teach or facilitate? So I do think we still need to evolve as an industry, but I do think there's a, there are ways we can really hack this a little bit yeah. and start to connect more with some of the great programs that are out there. Can you offer any other resources such as courses or training that might be beneficial to recruiters that you could think of? The other resources are business. So when we think of self-development and recruiter development and social development, to contradict everything I said in this podcast, <laughs> I would say don't think like a recruiter or sourcer. Yeah. So I think the most I've developed is when I'm not in the recruiting role. Mm-hmm. So when I'm out of my comfort zone, I'm doing something for the business that has nothing to do with recruiting. So I would say the more you can put yourself on projects or programs that don't have a recruiting outcome, mm-hmm. you are going to develop so much. An example would be driving events is an easy example. But when you're driving a very, very strategic event that's very critical you're not in a recruiter role. You're in a very different programmatic role mm-hmm. and you're seeing how the business operates. So I would raise my hand at a company to get into product management, to get into data science, to get into sales, to get into operations, any kind of projects or programs that you can jump in because they need maybe they need perspective from a recruiter yeah. or a recruiter lens on problem solving. That's huge because then you come back to your own desk and what you do day to day, you look at, You look at the customer differently. You solve problems differently. The other piece that I would love for people to take away is don't always think of self-development related to promotion. As soon as you start thinking, if this is what, if I do X, I'll get a promo. It doesn't feel like development. It feels like something you have to do. Find your passion. Find what you want to be developed at. If it happens to be part of recruiting, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Yes, I I do understand um, how self-development could link to people thinking of getting promotions and it could be the incentive. Um, But what would you say are the incentives of actually developing your skill set and actually getting outside of your comfort zone, trying some different things? What, What could you actually say to recruiters to encourage them to do more of that? I don't have to say much because the proof is in performance reviews, the proof is in one-on-ones. So when recruiters are talking to me about their careers and their goals, they are saying they want a promo. But at the end of the day, what really is underneath the promo talk is I want to grow. I want to develop. And Uber is a growth place. I've had enough experience as a manager to see when I'm growing the team, when I'm developing the team, they are content. Mm -hmm. They retain, they perform well. So it's almost like I'm giving to them. I'm giving opportunities to stretch them. Maybe it's isolated, but I don't need, a, I haven't needed a lot of buy-in, mm-hmm. self-develop. Now, if you're talking about self-development and you haven't met me halfway, meaning you've not really hold, held your end of the bargain and you are frustrated, we'll have to kind of revisit that and go, well, maybe these are not passionate self-development objectives. Let's revisit this. Yeah. So you got to meet me halfway. 
The company will provide content and platforms. I'll provide guidance on how to get there and how to prioritize. But then it's up to really the individual contributor to actually take action on all of that. How much time do you think is needed to invest in yourself to continuously grow? To me, there is no magic time. There's going to be ebbs and flows in your career. Yes. So let's take a very specific recruiter example. There's going to be time where headcount is, whoa, at 3x this quarter. That's not, you might not have a a lot of time to self-develop. So maybe it's just listening to 15 minutes a week of a podcast. And you've got to be okay with yourself on that. So your self-development plan has to kind of align with where you are in your work and day and life and balance. Mm -hmm. I would say documenting it is step one. So documenting it with your manager. What are you going to self-development? And giving flexibility. So if there's two things I want to develop my, could be a, a very tactical, like I want my offer acceptance rate to get to this, or it could be very much about, I want to improve my business communications because it'll influence my stakeholders. I want help on prioritization. All of those can ebb and flow with how much time you put in them. It's just how big of a change is it for you? Is it a tweak? Is it, I need to go into a course and learn a whole new skill set? It's kind of a tough question to answer because it really depends on what's being developed. Lastly, I want to ask you why you became interested in recruiter self-development. Was there a specific experience that made you passionate about it? (laughs) This is not going to be very glamorous. Um, (laughs) I've been through a lot of performance review cycles and I've been through a lot of goal setting cycles mm-hmm. and they cause so much stress for people. And I hate that. I want to take the stress out of perf and goals. Yeah. And what I've done this year is structured a one-on-one doc mm-hmm. and then structured self-development into the one-on-one doc. That's part of your goals. So it's super operational and it's super visual for my team. I've kind of created the goals for them, if you will, but I'm okay with that because that's not really a fun thing to do sometimes. Like, you know, when you say, okay, time for your goals, do your eyes roll? Do you get excited? Most people's eyes roll. And so I took the eye rolling piece, operationalized it and said, I want to help structure the self-development plan for everybody in the team. Where did that originally come from? Our, our, we, have high, we have a lot of feedback surveys at Uber. We have a lot of, um, we have a Pulse survey, mm-hmm. uh, which goes out twice a year. And then we have a hiring manager survey, which is a bit like a 360 that goes out quarterly. Yeah. And development was consistently low score. So I really wanted to acknowledge that. Like, hey, the org, the team is telling me something. Yep. So I wanted to work on that. Okay. Well, our time is up. <laughs> I just I want to say thank you so much for um, discussing the topic of recruiter self-development with me today. Do you have any lasting words you'd like to say? Development is every direction. It is up, down, sideways. So any opportunity, whether it's a lateral, maybe you go to a bigger company, get a lower title, it doesn't matter. It's all going to come together. So development, I would say, isn't directional. It can be skills and it can be emotional intelligence. The parting words would be, what are you passionate about? That's what you should develop. Thank you so much, Jennifer. All right, Sam, thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Talent Acquisition Innovators Radio. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And of course, if you did, feel free to share it on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you're most active. 
And if you'd like to be updated on when our next podcast is going to be released, you can sign up at blog.recruity.com slash podcast. See you in the next one.